They watch too many Warner Brothers cartoons. <laughs> That's what's wrong with those people. Too many okay, wily so they're coyotes. They're using the cartoon laws of physics right. instead of the actual yeah. laws of yeah. physics. Yeah, in that person's world, you know what else happens? Um, if you don't know that you're not standing on the edge of a cliff, you can actually stand on thin air. Gravity only kicks in with your awareness. Where, that's it, you know, and... Uh, it's a new law of physics right there. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. Jack. What's up, Neil? Time for another Things You Thought You Knew. Awesome. Yes, yeah. which is pretty much everything for me. <laughs> I thought I knew it, and then I find out I did not know it at all. I thought I knew that. I did not know. I did not know it. Okay, so I got one here. You ready? Go ahead. Uh, how long is a year? All right. I... <laughs> I didn't realize uh, you thought I was that stupid that you had to <laughs> explain that to me. I, I said I loved explainers. I didn't realize that we were getting down to the remedial levels. <laughs> you know, yeah. Hello, Chuck. Hi. So, yeah. What, well, let's, let's tell you what a year is. Now, first yeah. of all, I you want tell you to, me, So, what, do you, yeah. what is a year? Here's Go a year. On. Take this crayon, and I want you to draw. <laughs> I want you to draw me a timeline, Chuck. <laughs> A year, a year is a trip around the sun. Okay, so how long does that take? Uh, we say that it takes 365 days, but I got a feeling that you're going to tell me somehow that is not the case. <laughs> that is totally not the case. That is not the case. It, oh, wow. It, it is not the case. So as a matter of social civil convenience, okay, okay, uh, the year is mapped out to 365 days. All right. All right. With 12 months, each having as few as 28 days right. and up to 31 days. And, and add all then, that up. You and then every four years, days. we stick another day in there on that 28. Well, 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 that's what I'm getting at. So that's 365 days, and we celebrate New Year's Day. Right. Earth has not yet completed its orbit around the sun. Wait a minute. So you're saying to me that when we go January 1st, yay, all right, kiss you. When you go January 1st to January 1st, right. each time we do it, right. Earth is six hours behind the completion of one trip around the sun. Oh, crap. I did not know that. Well, first, what, I'm telling you, you first think of all, about that is significant in terms of amount of time. Yes, it is. That's okay, so... So rather than celebrate the new year in these six-hour increments through, no, we just cleanly divide the year into whole days because we don't want to mess with a day. Right. You wake up in the morning, you go to sleep, the sun rises, it sets, it's day, it's night. We want to keep that intact. So we ignore the six hours. Okay. All right. So now, how long are you going to ignore the six hours? Well, I'm going to say not very long. <laughs> okay, so if you <laughs> if, if you ignore it for four years, that's a day. And how many hours have you ignored? Twenty four. Six times four. Bada bing. So you then throw a day back into the calendar. That makes sense. Every six hours, six hours, four years. That's a day. Throw the day back in. 
All right, people, let's keep and it And you're moving. back in line. And we give that date at the, the very needy February. Right. Um, of course, Black History Month. Yes, the exactly. Month. Of course right. they would do that. You know that. <laughs> Just like, yeah. not only are we missing the day, <laughs> it's the shortest month of the year. And, uh, oh, by the way, black people, here you go. <laughs> by the way, it's the shortest month, even when you give it an extra even day. Even when you give it an extra day, we still don't come, we still come up short. Look, <laughs> that's amazing. All right. So... so so now, and now everything's sort of even, Stephen. Okay, right. All right. So, what we've talked—I think we've talked about before—the fact that that overcorrects. Did I did I ever mention that to you? Okay. Now okay. I, I believe we did, but we were talking about it not, in a different. We it might have been in a different context. Calendar, calendars. There was like a Julian calendar. Exactly. We talked about okay. this two years ago. I'm trying to think of it. Let me bring some of it back because it's in, it it's relates to the year. Yeah. So, okay. I told you six hours, but it's not six hours. Okay. Of course. I mean, that, <laughs> right? Because that only makes sense. Okay. It's, it's a trip around the sun, 365 days, except it's not. Um, and it's six <laughs> hours, except it's not. <laughs> okay. It's, it's a little less than six hours. So, Chuck, since it's a little less than six hours, mm -hmm. if you add up four of those, you don't quite have a full day, do you? No, yeah, exactly. You're, you don't. You're a little short. Yet we put in a full day. Right. So it turns out over a century, you've accumulated an extra day that shouldn't be there. Okay. So every century, when it would have been a leap day, you take it out. So Okay, gotcha. Because we're, right, we've accumulated that day. We don't need to have the leap year that time. So we just let it go. The Correct. day self-corrects because the accounting, the ledger is now balanced. It, except, except, oh God. It's not quite. <laughs> oh God. God, what? Okay. Okay. So. <laughs> It turns out that overcorrects it by just a little bit. Of, of course it would. Okay. I, right. Overcorrects it. So, <laughs> over 400 years, there's a day that should be in there that isn't. Okay. Okay. So, every 400 years. Right. Which counts as a hundred-year increment, right? That's okay, true. Where right. you would have taken out the leap day, right? Every four hundred years, you put the leap day back in. You put it back in because you wouldn't have taken it out because it's the correction for the times that of that already was accumulated. You would you wouldn't have. You would have just let things be. But now, over four hundred years, because it wasn't quite what it is, we're just a little bit. It took 400 years. Now it's just like, hey, now you know what we're going to do? Because we actually did accumulate over all this time. So now we're going to shove a day back in here. And finally, every four years. And you know something? The year 2000 was just such a year. So most people who said, well, year 2000 is divisible by four. It's a leap year. Right. Had no clue how rare a leap year that is. Right. That was the leap year that wasn't. Yeah, correct. There was no leap day in the year 1900 or in the year 1700. So all those century years had to accumulate a 400-year interval. We're up to the year 2000. It's got a leap day. And people thought that was a normal leap day 
But it wasn't. But it wasn't. Wow. Yep. That, that's actually a, a wow. Look at that. That's a, this. Okay. This, it's all because we're not correcting by the precise amount. Right. We're correcting by whole days. Earth's orbit around the sun doesn't care about how long it takes Earth to rotate on its axis. Oh, I see. But we do. So we, we are shoehorning in our days right. with respect to how long it takes Earth to go around the sun. Excellent. Okay, so now. But wait. Oh. Oh. <laughs> okay. We. Okay, so that year All right. is the time it takes the sun's and Earth's relationship to repeat in such a way that the seasons stay attached to the months of the year we've given them to. Uh-huh. Okay? So our year is based on the seasonal calendar because we're historically agrarian. Agrarian, yeah. yeah. It, planting, sowing, reaping, it, all that crap. It makes sense, okay? It turns out that the seasonal calendar okay. is slightly different from the time it takes Earth to return to the same spot in its orbit. Huh. We simply don't use that calendar. And that's called a sidereal year, where we match up with the stars that surround the sun. But our seasons don't match up with the stars. And the stars migrate through the year. The sky you see in the springtime in March will shift against the calendar because that's not the year that we're based on. Okay? So what, whatever year you're based on that repeats every year, other accountings will then shift relative to it. And so when we return to our spot in space relative to all the stars, that's a different length of time than the time for us to repeat the seasons. Right. And so, so, so we have a seasonal year. That's the year we know and love. Then there's called the sidereal year. Sidereal means, just simply means star. Right. So, okay. And that's right. That's the year where you look up and you have to find a point and we've got to return to that point. To that point. And right. if we did that, then the seasons would drift. We, the stars would stay where they are. Right, right. But, okay. Right, but we'd be getting a little, you know, uh, you know, but we don't have to worry about that anymore because we have climate change. <laughs> so we have solved that problem. <laughs> solved the calendar we problem. We solved the calendar problem. Ain't no winter. There's, there's, there's no, no nothing, baby. <laughs> okay, but wait. One last, there's another kind of year. Okay. Okay. Earth is an ellipse in its orbit. Right. Okay. Okay. So... That means sometimes it's closer to the sun and sometimes it's farthest. Right. Right. We're closest to the sun in July, farthest in, in January, early January. Right. So that ellipse precesses around the sun. So in other words, if you, look, if you step back and look at the ellipse orbit around the sun and watch it like for thousands of years, that entire ellipse will turn around the sun. Gotcha. Okay? It's called precession. It's a, there are various kinds of precession. That's one of them. So, if you timed the time between our closest point to the sun and our closest point to the sun again, that's a kind of a year, isn't right. it? Yeah, it would be. Yeah. That would be a year within our orbit. Right. That's a different length year from the sidereal year, different length year from our, from our seasonal, seasonal year. year. Wow. Uh, now, here's the thing. Yeah. How, how much older am I 
based on all these years. <laughs> <laughs> It's a very small difference between them. Oh, okay. But, yeah, yeah, it's not right. That, yeah, no. I'm just seeing if I can cheat the system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just consider that um, the, what we chose as a year is, in a sense, arbitrary. Right. Not that the length of the year is arbitrary, but we had a choice of three. Right. And, and we don't care about whether the stars in March stay the stars in March. We care that March always has spring. That's it. In, at least in the Northern Hemisphere. Yeah, right. Exactly. Wow, so there that's, you go. That's, that's the years stuff. in a nutshell. That was good stuff, I'm going to say. I, you know, when you started off with, with you know, what is a year, I was kind of like, you lost it, bro. You finally <laughs> lost it. You, <laughs> he's finally gone. <laughs> but you pulled it out. I got to tell you, you pulled it out. This was a good Our, one. This was a good one. That's kind of the whole point of these things you thought you knew. That's true. That's true. Chuck got another one. Okay. And another Ready? one. Okay. And another no. one. It's in our culture. Okay. There's no, there's no escaping it. Right. Some percentage of people who walk this earth, when asked, would be sure that there's such a thing as the dark side of the moon. Yeah, that's where the Transformers hide out. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I thought it was just the other side of the moon. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so... Uh, so the dark side of the moon, I think, hit a peak in 1973. Do you know what happened then? Uh, did Pink Floyd put out an album? Pink Floyd put out an album. Because that, that would do it. And, you know, the album did really well. Yeah. See, that's the problem. If, if people hated the album, my job would have been way easier because no one would have been brainwashed by it. Exactly. So it was the title of the album called The Dark Side of the Moon. And so I've been spending 50 years, this is the 50th year anniversary, 2023 is the 50th year anniversary of the release of that album. I've spent every one of those 50 years trying to undo the damage caused by the title of that album. Wow. Okay. See, now what you should have done is just, you know, you should have took Pink Floyd out the same way you took out Pluto. And <laughs> would not have to worry about this. <laughs> Yeah, get authoritative legislation. <laughs> the uh, dark side of the moon is now dwarf side of the moon. Whatever. So now if you, if you listen to the title track like with headphones, the very last sentence, the very last two sentences, you know what they are? I do not. Okay. But you got to listen because there's a lot of fadey kind of music in, the, in all, all of those tracks. So you listen and it's it says at the end, there is no dark side of the moon. Are you serious? Yes. Wait, wait, wait. So I said, okay. Problem solved. People just listen to the song. However, there's a sentence that follows it. Well, of course, <laughs> there has to be. <laughs> there's a three-word sentence that follows it, right? So it says, there is no dark side of the moon. It's all dark. Oh. 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 That's a little okay. more philosophical. It's a little more philosophical. Yeah. 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 So then I said, I can't get on a case too much here because it's just being poetic. Yeah. Well. And But anyhow, there are people who still think that the other side of the moon never sees sunlight. True. Which is interesting for anybody to think that because you've never seen the far side, th that side of the moon. So why would you even conclude that? You have no data. Okay? Right. 
The moon does always show the same face to Earth. We went over that in a previous session. Tidal locking. Tidal locking, that's right. Right. So the other side of the moon is gets as much sunlight as the near side. So there's a far side and a and near, near side. side. Right. And a day on the moon lasts 30 days, 30 Earth days. So there's okay. like 15 days of sunlight and 15 days of darkness. Gotcha. So yeah, so moon has days just as we do. But so I see, had you thought about it, Chuck, when you see a half moon in the sky, right? Wouldn't you think that like the half you don't see on the other side is also getting sunlight? Right. Right. Well, I mean, isn't that how shadows work? (laughs) (laughs) Shadows and round things. Shadows and round (laughs) things kind of work that way, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Yeah. So that should, that should have, people should have been tipped off by that. Right. so, so here's the thing. Uh, when the Indians uh, landed their fir- that their first successful landing on the moon, right. becoming the fourth country Just, yes. to do so, right. from the Soviet Union back in the day, right, and the United States, right. By the way, Soviet Union got there first. Soviet Union beat us at everything until we put humans on the moon. Then we said we win. <laughs> so, hey, man. That's how you got it. That's how you win. You change the rules. You cha- change the goalposts. Change, change, move the goalposts and change the rules, man. So yeah, they beat us at the first. They had the first satellite, the first yeah. non-human animal, yeah. the first human, and then we were just woman. and then we were just like none of that counts, okay? Because <laughs> we put the first dude. <laughs> Russia even had the first black person who was a Cuban. Uh, he was a Cuban. Okay. Dark-skinned Cuban. Dark-skinned yeah. Cuban, right. So, anyhow, so we, so they became the fourth country to do this. And, but what's more significant than that, because that, that would just be, okay, welcome to the club, right? They landed near the moon's South Pole. And the South Pole, I think we talked about in a yes. previous explainer, uh, you have the bases of craters. The sun never gets high enough in the sky. Right. Because near the poles, the sun is, stays low. Right. Stays so low that sunlight never reaches the bottom of the crater. And so it's it literally where the sun don't shine, yeah. okay? There are literal dark places on the moon. Right. Okay? All right. So, here's the thing. The Indian spacecraft landed not in the bottom of a crater, because that, it has solar panels and it needs energy. So it landed outside the crater, but in darkness. And so why would they do that? Well, here's what they did. They landed on the last day of nighttime. Ah, the 30th day. (laughs) Okay. On the last day of nighttime, so that the next day the sun rose, and how much daylight do they get? They get 15 days now. They get 15 days. So it's a a two-week mission. That was so smart. Yes. Ah, yes. that's really cool. Yeah, so, so now they have two weeks to go look for their ice or whatever. And yeah, yeah, the or, water has to be frozen, of course. Frozen that's water, right. yeah. Yeah, and so, uh, yeah, it's smart people are people who figure this stuff out. And as a matter of fact, it is rocket science, right? Because they have to leave Earth. Right. So that they landed there at that time. That's right, that's right. Okay. So, so oh, so my point is, there were some Indian headlines that said um, Chandrayaan-3, which is the name of that mission, 
landed on in, on the dark side of the moon. Oh, yeah. See, oh. so they got they got caught up in that. Yeah, but that wasn't the Indian space program saying that. It was the journalists who correct don't understand that right. there so is no apparently Pink Floyd's album had worldwide influence that I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, the album sales could have told you that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think they might have seen it landed in the dark, and then right. moon, and the word dark becomes dark, dark side, side of, of moon. moon. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, so you might ask, well, how cold is it where the sun don't shine? Oh, how cold is it where the sun yeah. don't shine? Hundreds of degrees below zero. And that makes things difficult, doesn't it? <laughs> And so, so this water, which would have arrived by comets, you know, moon's been hit by That's, stuff. Yeah. Right? In case you didn't notice the, yeah. the, the, the acne. That's why the man, in, yeah. That's why the man in the moon's face looks like a pepperoni pizza. <laughs> what a terrible <laughs> saying! The guy looks like he's like has some serious hormonal problems going on. <laughs> some teenage acne yeah, issues. The man in the moon is not getting a date to the prom. That's all I'm saying. It's going to be tough. Really, it's rough. It's rough. Need a little acetone. So, so, because there's no atmosphere to smooth out the hot places and the cold places, because uh -huh. what happens is in our air, our air sort of captures the heat once the sun heats the ground, and it moves that around, right? That doesn't happen on the moon. So, uh, where the sun is shining, it's 200 degrees above zero. You can sit out with a cup of water and boil it. Right. And in the, in the, where the sun doesn't shine, it's hundreds of degrees below zero. So... Really, if you're there, the side of you facing the sun is going to be hot, and the side of you not facing the sun will rapidly cool off. So ideally, you should go on a rotisserie. All right. <laughs> My Boston chicken. <laughs> so, Bob, well, I'm saying there's a reason for spacesuits to be reflective, typically. Right, okay? right. Because you want to be in full control of what's going on. So, of course, they had... You know, those big packs that were on the, the, the astronauts' backs. Right. Half of that, I don't know half, but a big part of it was their, their um, the cooling system that keeps them at the right temperature so they don't bake or freeze. Nice. And one other thing before we end this. Uh, because there is no atmosphere, that means there is no skylight. There is no blue sky in the daytime. The daytime sky is just dark. Right. All right. So... The only source of light are direct sight lines from the sun. Wow. So if you're standing there, Chuck, and you part of you is in shadow, unless some light is reflecting off the lunar terrain, it is pitch dark. Look at that. In the shadows of rocks and in your shaft. Pitch dark. Wow. In broad daylight. So that makes for fascinating contrasty photos when this happens. Yes, you can get a reflection off the of the lunar module. Right. Okay. But the general ambient light we take for granted when you walk around in the daytime is not there on the moon. Look at that. Yeah. That's cool. So, so Chuck, there is no dark side of the moon. That's all I got to tell you. Well, there you go. Pink Floyd, you're a bunch of dummies. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chuck, I was actually at a party one day when I met Roger Waters. Very cool. Yeah. And you yeah, told him yeah. that there was no dark side? Chuck, I had to. And I couldn't remain silent. And, and what, what was his he, response? He was not sympathetic. Oh, that, <laughs> that makes sense. He's like, bro, I'm getting paid off this. 
You <laughs> got a gravy train. Yeah, I got a nice little racket going here with this dark side of the moon thing, and you are <laughs> messing it up. I'm gonna need you to <laughs> silence. I'm gonna, I'm gonna don't, don't make me take out a gag order on you, Neil. <laughs> but anyhow, the, you know, this the job of the educator never ends. I think that's what's going on. Very cool. As long as there are forces of untruths that pervade the world. Okay, well, look how poetic you are. Uh, I was about to say, as long as there are ignorant dumbasses. <laughs> <laughs> the job of the educator shall not be finished. <laughs> all right, that's all I got for you on the dark side of the movie. Hey, I'm Roy Hill Percival, and I support Star Talk on Patreon, bringing the universe down to Earth. This is Star Talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson. So I got another one for you. Ready. There's no limit to these. You must know that by now. I'm good for that. I'm, I'm glad there's no limit. I like them. Okay. So this one is, we, we've heard this. People have talked about it and thought about it. What happens when you jump in an airplane? Uh, well, hopefully you're going somewhere. I, I don't know. What do you mean? What happens when you jump in an airplane? Your plane is flying. Oh, you, know. you mean what happens when you literally jump in an airplane? Yeah. I thought you'd be like, yeah, jump in an airplane. I'm going here, you know. Oh, jump onto an airplane. Man. No, you're in the airplane, in the aisle, and then you jump. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You go up and down. Some people think that the airplane's going 500 miles an hour. Right. If you jump, you end up pinned against the back wall. They watch too many Warner Brothers cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's wrong with those people. Too many okay, wildly so They're using the cartoon laws of physics right. instead of the actual yeah. laws of yeah. physics. In that person's world, you know what else happens? Um, if you don't know that you're not standing on the edge of a cliff, you can actually stand on thin air. Gravity only kicks in with your awareness. Where that's it, you know, and... Uh, it's a new law of physics right there. Plus, if you're hitting the head with a frying pan, your face takes the shape of the frying pan. Of the frying pan. <laughs> that's right. You just become two big eyes with a round face. That's right. Yes. Cartoon <laughs> laws of physics. Cartoon laws of physics. So, what I... My answer here might be obvious, but I know there are people out there who wondered whether the plane would just sort of escape from under your feet for how fast it's moving. Okay. Right. So this is a very basic sort of first week of physics that you learn this and you see demonstrations of it, but mm -hmm. I will now tell you. Okay. okay. When the plane takes off and it is cruising at some constant speed, mm -hmm. pick any speed. 563 Make, miles per hour. Fine. If it's constant, the plane is moving 563 miles an hour and so are you. Right, and right. so is the air inside uh -huh. the plane. Ooh, this is cool. So is the fly that happened to fly into the plane after they closed the before they closed the door. Right. You, the air, the fly are moving five hundred sixty-three miles per hour. If you're all moving at the same speed together, then you don't know how fast you're moving. Yeah, you're not moving at all. You're not basically. In the moving reference frame of the plane, you're not moving at all. Really? Correct. So, if you jump up, you will land right back where you started. Right. It's that simple. All right. So now, so let's let's 
unpack this. Let me get a round number. Let's say you're going 600 miles an hour. Okay. So 600 miles an hour is 10 miles per minute. Right. That's a mile every six seconds. Right. Okay. And in New York City, there's 20 blocks per mile. So that's by like three blocks per second. Okay. Oh, man. Can, can we find that transportation system? <laughs> three bucks per second. So I can get around Manhattan the way I'd like to. Man, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. That would be a flying car. Maybe would do that. Okay. So now watch. So if you jump up and in the plane that's going 600 miles an hour and you stay airborne for one second. Right. And then you land where you started. Right. You also move forward three blocks. So if someone is outside of the plane and watched you, you would jump up and you would follow this arc. Right. A parabolic arc through the air, through space, through my whole, my coordinate system. You, in my reference frame, because I'm outside of the plane, I see you jump and land and there's a beautiful parabolic arc that you took. Right. You also get a gold medal when you land. <laughs> the long jump. <laughs> so, so another way to do this is, and we, you, we do this in physics class, if you have a train, like a model train in the front of the room, physics demos, this is a great physics demo, and the, the smokestack of the train has a little uh, spring. You can put a ping pong ball in it. Or, or, or no, not a ping pong, like a, just a, a, a tiny ball. Right. Okay. So, as the train is going, the tiny ball, like a uh, a styrofoam ball. No, no, it has to be a little heavier than that, like oh, a okay, you know, rubber ball or something. Okay. Uh, or, or let's take a golf ball, which is dense enough for this to, to work. So there it is. As the train is moving, the spring can pop the golf ball straight up. Okay. And then where does the golf ball land? Does the train leave it behind? No, no, because the golf ball had the same forward motion as the train did. All the train did was give it upwards motion, like you jumping in the airplane. Right. Then it fell back down, so it'll shoot it up, and it'll fall back down and land exactly back in the nozzle. Mm -hmm. You will see it take that arc and land where it had taken off. And that is the train and golf ball version of you jumping inside of an airplane as far as you're concerned, you're landing in the same spot. But as far as I'm concerned, you're not. Right. You're three right. blocks farther down the, down the road. Cool. So, so it's, it's, it has to do with your reference frame. And it's a remarkable thing. If, if the vessel is big enough so you don't feel jiggles, you don't know how fast the thing is going. We're on Earth. Earth is going eight, 18 miles per second around the sun. Wow. Okay? Now, you, if you want to land in a different place, do that while the plane is accelerating. Right. Okay, okay now the, the flight attendants won't let you do this, but yeah. uh, right when the plane touches Such down. killjoys they are. <laughs> Just trying to do a physics experiment here. <laughs> what do you mean I got to sit down and pass in my seatbelt and put my... And why is... What is it with the seat in the upright position? The seat only goes back... Two and a half inches. <laughs> please, please put your seat up, sir. Sir, please put your seat up. I'm like, what? Oh, sorry. Let me put my seat up. Okay, there you go. Yeah, because now you'll survive the crash before exactly. you wouldn't have. Right. Oh, thank you for saving my life with this two and a half inch differential. <laughs> oh. So, 
Actually, I think I know why they do that. I think really? I know why. why? Yeah. Why? You, you want to know why? I would like to know, okay. to be honest. That when all the seats are aligned, if you're climbing to get out in a wreckage, then uh, you don't have to navigate differently oriented seats. That makes sense. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. I'm pretty sure that's how that, okay. how that rolls. All right. Okay. So, if you magically got permission to do a physics experiment the moment the wheels touched, okay? Because right. what happens the moment the wheels touch on a, run, on a runway? That's they plain. put the engines into reverse thrust, yep. okay? And so now the engine exhaust reverses and is pointing forward instead of backwards. And if, they, right. if necessary, they'll also apply their brakes. So it might be landing at 200 miles an hour and it's ultimately zero. Okay? Right. Okay. Right. Right. If you jump while that's happening, you will not land in the same spot. Because when you jumped, the plane was going 200 miles an hour. Mm. But when you landed, the plane was going 180 miles an hour. You right. jump again. And so you have a faster speed going forward than the plane does because the plane is slowing down. So you could just jump up and down while the plane is on the runway and ultimately end up in the cockpit. Nice. Well, just, just by jumping straight up and down. Yeah, but the door will be locked because, you know, security reasons. Yeah, they'll shoot you if you're... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. You won't quite and make it. So consider that's why they're animate about your seatbelt on takeoff and landing, right? but not when you're cruising. Yeah. Because the acceleration and the deceleration is what changes your relationship to the fuselage if you jump up and, and come back down again. Right. Okay? So, yeah, that's why they can go 500 miles an hour. You may now remove your seatbelts and walk around the cabin, but it's mm. just pulling in to the, to, the, to the gate. Right. It's going five miles an hour, but then it's going zero. Okay? So that's like, enough to knock you over. Look at that. So that, that's all I got to say about jumping up and down in a damn airplane. That's cool. Well, I mean, I, now, when uh, you hear that I have been arrested, <laughs> tell them it's a science. You're doing it's it for a, science. I'm just letting everybody know that this was a science experience. I did it for science, people. We'll, we'll, take a, we'll get a GoFundMe to, to, to get you out to of Get jail. my bail. That's right. Get my bail money up, people. Because <laughs> we, we know what we have to do now. <laughs> so another fun thing I used to do, uh, I'm too old and tired and, and crickety for this. When I was a kid um, in an elevator, I grew up in the city, so uh -huh. half my life is in elevators. Um, if the elevator is going up and it's about to stop, right. you jump just at that instant. Right. Okay? When you do, you had the upward motion that the elevator had just before it stopped. Mm. So then, when you come back down, you fall a bigger distance than you otherwise would have. And it, right. feels, it feels great. It feels like, like you go over a hill, you know, in a car. Yeah, yeah. yeah or yeah. on a roller coaster. A roller coaster, yeah. yeah. If you yeah. do it in the opposite direction, then the elevator's closer to you than your body thought it would have been, and you end up getting compressed. A little pancaking. A little pancaking, right, yeah. right. But it's fun to do that, where you you are in mo you're in air while the thing you were attached to changes its speed. It's very cool. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I yeah. like it. So so there you go. In case anybody comes up to you and wonders what's going on. Yeah. Why why are you jumping up and down in a plane? So. <laughs> Just, 
So now we know why. This is this is it. Because they two listened reasons. to this episode. Two two reasons. You were jumping up and down. One, clearly you are drunk. Two, you listen to Star Talk. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it. That's our trinity of things you thought you knew. Nice. Chuck, always good to have you, man. Always a pleasure. This has been Star Talk, Things You Thought You Knew Edition. Neil deGrasse Tyson, as always, keep looking up. <laughs>